Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Sarah Carradine, podcasting from unceded Gadigal land. I'm Mari Forth. And this is Crime Scene, the true crime review podcast where we get to the heart of how true crime stories are told. Subscribe to our feed, robhasawebsite.com slash crime feed to get your true crime on Tuesdays and we drop on the main feed on Wednesdays. There's another great reason to subscribe. We're dropping bonus content into the crime feed only. So Inside Jobs brings you conversations with people who know crime, the law, the justice from the inside. Our second episode, The Jury, is in the crime feed right now. Sarah, what are we talking about today? Well, we love suggestions from our listeners, as you know. So let's open today's file. Natasha suggested that we watch the German language documentary Gladbeck. The Hostage Crisis on Netflix, and so we did. Gladbeck is directed by Volker Heiser. It's entirely raw footage without commentary, and you can watch it subs or dubs. And to discuss it, Mari's co-host on The Wrestling Rehap Up and my pod-in-law, crime scenes Buzz Aldrin and NASA's own Matt Scott. Matt, welcome to the show. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be the Buzz Aldrin of crime scene. I love, I love it. Maury, Maury, mm-hmm. good to see you. It's yeah, been it's yeah. been 
just like three days. days. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Three days, actually. (laughs) Oh my God. Happy to be here and part of crime scene. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Not only of both of you, I'm a little jealous seeing you two together without me sometimes. So happy to happy to be part of it. Yeah, we brought you in then. Yes, I get to podcast with my two favorite podcasting co hosts. (laughs) My two favorite. Yep, your top co-hosts. two. Um, <laughs> me and and Sarah. That's right. Me and then Matt. That's good. Oh wait. Oh. All right. <laughs> Age before beauty, Matt. Before Age we before beauty. Before we get into fights over yes. little me. <laughs> yes, I uh, want to ask Matt first. Uh, Matt, yeah. uh, what is your like? Are you a true crime fan? We know you're a fan of us, but you know what's your true crime origin story? So it's <laughs> it goes way back. Actually, I growing up, believe it or not, I used to be really interested in true crime. Like I would watch um, those like those really shadowy various shows, like the true crime shows that were like, this is who murdered their wife. And I was like, I knew, I knew it from the beginning of the episode. So, (laughs) you know, that was, that was always fun, you know, all of those different shows and properties. And then I also remember just reading different books about true crime growing up it was not very Mm -hmm. age appropriate but for me it always (laughs) helped me like learn and understand like oh wow people you know sometimes it gets a little serious and wild and so that Mm -hmm. was my kind of history with it growing up I just kind of remember being exposed to it along the way just like all the news um but Mm. also i you know i used to like a few years back used to be a big true crime podcast fan and you know one of the ones that i loved listening to was true crime garage which really dives Mm. into the crimes and i just needed a break because these things get like so gruesome sometimes and you hear the police phone calls and i just Mm -hmm. i got to a point where it's like i can't do this anymore right now i like crimes where it ends in a like a a a happy story as opposed to like someone's on the loose i'm like oh my gosh now i'm paranoid (laughs) that's my history with true crime but you've all helped kind of bring me back it it, the crime scene hasn't gotten too dark or graphic thankfully thank you well we appreciate that and i wonder if uh sarah correct me if i'm wrong but we kind of gotten this type that type of um response a lot and i wonder if we all as a collective unconscious was like, yeah, these, these murders and stuff are kind of like sad right now. And remember, we're always talking about how now it feels like everything shifted to like scams and stuff now. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. I think you, you think that could be it. Sarah? Yes. Right. I mean, we did. We did um, touch on on one very sad murder of the little girls, but um, yeah. our mm-hmm. outrage at how badly it was made, I think, uh, overtook the <laughs> yeah. sadness. Uh, we certainly look for properties that have merit, even though we have a rating system. So in theory, we could do zero or one magnifying glass properties. Mm-hmm. I don't think we have much interest in doing that um, because mm-hmm. we want to talk about good properties and also we don't want to steep ourselves in too much darkness at the moment. So yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. And and Matt, uh, uh, we are an anti reenactment podcast, and we're pretty yeah. much an, an anti nine one one call uh, podcast as yes. well. Ooh, we um, love that. They, well, I just never see the value. It's somebody on the absolute worst day of their life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or it's somebody who's lying, which is also yeah. 
distressing very as well. hard to listen to right like oh very hard yeah and i just I, I like the crime scene photographs i don't unless it has value uh you know don't use them um we yeah. do have some crime scene photographs in this uh but i think mm-hmm. they do have value because of the the nature of the story and the style of the of the documentary so shall mm-hmm. we get into it yes please yeah. okay on the 16th of August 1988, convicted criminals Hans-Jürgen Rosner and Dieter Degowski robbed a branch of Deutsche Bank in Gladbeck in the northwest of Germany, and they took two bank employees hostage. Uh, during their flight, they were joined by Rosner's girlfriend, Marion Loblich. The three then hijacked a bus with 27 hostages aboard. They drove towards the Netherlands, where they exchanged all but two hostages for a getaway car. The 54-hour hostage crisis ended when police rammed the car on the autobahn. Three people died during the crisis, a 14-year-old boy from the bus, Emanuela de Giorgi, an 18-year-old girl, Silke Bischoff, who was one of the hostages in the final car, and a 31-year-old police officer, Ingo Hagen, who died in a traffic accident during the pursuit of the bank robbers. The unfolding events were extensively covered by West German media and during uh, what was called a media circus, journalists interviewed the hostage takers, asked them to pose for pictures, gave them coffee, food, cigarettes and road directions. Press vehicles formed part of the pursuit of the hostage takers, often interfering with police. As a result of this, after the crisis, the German Press Council banned any further interviewing of criminals during the commission of their crimes and independent attempts to mediate crises are no longer permitted. That's the story. It's quite simple. It's quite straightforward. Mm -hmm. Matt, what was your overall response to the documentary? That's a great question. And, you know, Mm -hmm. it, well, along the way, as I was watching it, it was very different. So I actually kind of watched it in two different ways. I watched it with the with just subtitles and then with the dub on um, the second time. So I got like maybe just over halfway through with the subtitles and I, like that way, I really felt the emotion and the tension, even in people's voices. That's just something that a dub can't really capture as well. Mm-hmm. And then when I went back with it dubbed over, that really helps me catch more of the details or digest them. And I, you know, I'm so like my work is in storytelling and in, in a lot of ways it's thinking about like, how do you tell stories ethically? And so mm-hmm. I was very tapped into the role of media in this, in literally shaping the story that unfolded in front yeah. of our eyes, where there's almost a lack of of self-awareness in that, like, yes, they're covering a story, but even by nature of covering the story, they're influencing the story, which I think is mm. really interesting and brings up a lot of questions about the ethics and ethical storytelling and how they could do that. It, it, it's also really unfortunate because it shows our human nature to like, Ooh, let's go closer to this. Let's see what's mm-hmm. going on. Ooh, there's the Stockholm syndrome of it all of like, Oh, this is normalized. We could give these people coffee and food. And it is wild to watch in cro- 
like they present it in chronological order without the uh, confessionals or interviews and yeah. perspectives after the fact. So yeah, it was a lot, but I I'm, I'm mostly left thinking about media and what this says about where they were at the time. Yeah. Mari, the raw footage of it all. Yeah, exactly. So this documentary, they completely just use raw footage taken from the day of, well, the, the days of the hostage crisis. Crisis. They 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 stitch together all of the media from different news outlets, from um, you know police. They had the police radio stuff. They all of this is just found footage that they put together in a cohesive documentary. Very, I I will definitely say up top here. I like how compact it was. It's just mm-hmm. it's one documentary. It's mm-hmm. one full feature. It was an hour and a half. You know, I'm so glad it's not a two-part or anything. Like we said, there are no talking heads. So everything that we're seeing and we're presented are the people who are, you know, are taking place in the the crime itself. So I really like that that aspect of it. It's just mm-hmm. like I I it this feel I like it. It felt like you were there. And so I agree with Matt. I watched it twice. The first time I watched it full full with uh, uh the German, the original German with subtitles and then the second mm. time I watched it dubbed so I could get yeah, my same, you know. Same. Yep. Yeah. My yeah, my critiques on that. And I agree like I didn't think the dubbing was too bad. The biggest thing no. that I hated about the dubbing was why have the original audio under the dubbing like that really like that's what actually got me mad more than anything because as somebody who's like 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 has like auditory like perception type of stuff going Mm -hmm. on listening to like you can hear the the, it doesn't even seem like they turn it down even like a smidgen they turned down the original german language a smidgen and then dubbed on top of it so while the the german uh you can hear the german audio under it it's doing the dubbing it's just too much for me it was too much i i was listening i was trying to I, i felt like i had to almost focus more on the dubbing because I couldn't, you know, I couldn't clearly hear the dubbing. Like I just turn turn the original audio completely off and just dub. Especially mm. in this case where nobody's really talking straight to camera. You know what I'm saying? It's it, it's not like you're trying to people's mouths are moving and then you're dubbing people's mouths. Like this would have been the perfect place to just uh, mute the original audio and then go full dubbing. So that's the one thing that really irked me on the on the second time around. But other than mm. that, I I did enjoy this documentary. I did think I, I not knowing how it was going to turn up was very like heart pounding yeah. in the first watch. I was like, what is going to happen to these people? You know, and yeah. then going back and watching it the second time, knowing the outcome of like who ends up dying and stuff like that. It made it a very sad watch on the on the second time around. Yeah, I think, I mean, I did the same as both of you. I, I watched it um, with the German language and subtitles originally. And I, it's very easy to follow if you're, if you are listening very to this, easy. not, not having watched it. Uh, we recommend, well, I'm certainly going to recommend that you do watch it. And I can completely recommend it with uh, subtitles because so much of it is visual. You will get mm-hmm. the story and the way it's put together, the rising tension, the dread that they managed to, the filmmakers uh, managed to put into it was quite 
extraordinary. I didn't know what was going to happen. Um, mm. I did have my thoughts when I saw Silka and I thought we keep seeing her mm. um, and I had just an awful feeling. Um, yeah. And then when I went back with the dubs, I'm not a not a not madly keen on on dubbing. Mm. I heard the German underneath. I didn't I normally have the same reaction as you, Murray, but I have to say it didn't bother me as much as it bothered mm. you. But then we I was taking notes. So I, I wanted and I also just wanted to test the dub and and see. So mm-hmm. we're split we're split on the dub, but definitely can recommend it with the subtitles. I will say also Mari famously has great ears. So that's part of it. Um, and, you. you know, uh, you're welcome. Um, and I will say, like, the thing that was, that had me at the edge of my seat through watching this was the description. And I just pulled it up from Netflix. But the description of this, when you go to watch it on Netflix, is in August 1988, two armed bank robbers keep German police at bay for 54 hours during a hostage-taking drama that ends in a shootout and three deaths. And so I saw that, and you know, part of me feels like spoilers, like that's well, mm. we know what's going to happen, but you really don't know what's going to happen along the way in terms of just the journey that they took literally all over Germany, but also the shift in terms of who the hostages were, because yeah. I just assumed at the beginning that, you know, maybe one of the hostage takers dies and then the two hostages die and it all very much evolved and was very unexpected. And if mm-hmm. anyone's watching this or if they haven't watched it and they're just interested in hearing us talk about it, I would recommend probably watching without the dub just because you really Maybe it was the fact that I was watching it for the first time without the dub. But, um, you know, when I watched it, I was on the edge of my seat. Believe it or not, Mm -hmm. actually, it was about three weeks between when I like got halfway through and then when I finished it or something like that. So I was sitting on the edge of my seat for like for the first half of July, basically. (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot. Now, we must touch on the police and the failings mm-hmm. of the police. I have done um, some extra googling as I as I often do, so I have some things to tell you later. But certainly mm-hmm. throughout the documentary, which seems to apparently have a neutral eye, I think that there is they the the filmmaker certainly touches as much as they can without commentary on the failings of the police. So I'd like to talk about the police first and then we'll perhaps talk about the press. Yeah. yeah. The most extraordinary failing, and this is something I did have to find out to the side, this is not a, this is not a, a knock on the documentary because it, it can only use what film, raw, raw footage uh, uh, that it has. Yeah. And I did gather that this was the case, but I, it was confirmed with a bit of um, side work. The 14-year-old boy, Emanuela de Giorgi, who was shot, he was one of the bus passengers and he was with his younger sister. Mm-hmm. The bus had stopped at a rest stop. Mm-hmm. Um, Hans Jürgen's girlfriend, Marion, had gone to the bathroom right. and there was chatter about, oh, shall we take her? Shall we take her? I don't know. Shall we, shall we get her? Shall we get her? Completely unplanned. They then yeah. go and arrest her, put mm-hmm. her in handcuffs and take her away in a car. You have two violent drinking, pilled up criminals on a bus full of hostages. What did you think was going to happen? 
And what, of course, happens mm. is they demand, they demand her return. Mm-hmm. Hans Jürgen says, five minutes or I'll shoot someone. Mm-hmm. And makes good on his promise while the police can't unlock Marion's handcuffs. The key breaks yeah. off in the handcuffs. And just after Emanuela is shot is when Marion is returned. And the man who pulls the trigger is, of course, the one that is responsible. But this was, to me, a centrepiece of the lack of central planning by the police mm-hmm. and this sort of almost cowboy moment where they just decide out of nowhere to, to take Marion. What, what did you feel about the portrayal of the police during this, Matt? Yeah, I, I just want to comment on that because I, th- I think the outside research is so important to give a fair view of how the police did because part of me just in watching the documentary recognizes that we're just getting the media coverage. So if they don't know what the police are doing or where they're supposed to be or who's undercover and who's not like, I'm okay with that because I don't think the media necessarily needs to be in on those details, especially if they have a plan, if they're figuring things out. Now you gave a perfect example, Sarah, of where things clearly were falling apart and weren't put together. Um, The police are very, there's a, there's a lot here. So I think even going back to the bank, where they started Uh at the beginning, there was like a random police car parked outside of the bank, which is the reason why they went back in and held their, held people hostage in the first Uh place. So that's like the first thing, but it's, I I mean, there are police cars parked everywhere. I don't know what they were, uh, to what extent they were pilled up, but I would imagine that that would get them paranoid. And, you know, like that's the first thing that I think of. And then, there are so many moments along the way where I I almost want to. I'm not look. I'm not a police defender at all. No, I get it. But <laughs> I want to almost like I I under I think I understand the idea of like let's just let them go. Mm-hmm. Let's just let them go, and then they'll let the hostages go when they're yeah. free. And like that would have been great if not for the media and everyone tracking them along the way. And so. Mm-hmm. I don't mind I I I don't mind that original theory of like let's just let them go and then we'll catch them later when they don't have hostages. Um it right. would have been nice if they did something immediately when they were in the bank already, but I think hindsight is 2020. 2020. And it, I don't know what they were thinking in 1988 when this was going on, but uh, yeah. it was sloppy. It was sloppy. Um definitely in retrospect and even the way that they ended all of it was just like why did we keep going for this long if that was how you were going to end it yeah so that's what so that's the thing that that was what i was thinking to myself this whole time especially on the rewatch i'm and i'm like saying like i don't know how but i feel like the police simultaneously like didn't do enough and did too much in certain parts like yeah it is astounding to me that i'm like how did you guys literally not do anything when you're just letting them drive all around Germany, but then also like, or, or not do anything when their, their guard is down and they're talking to the press, but also take, take a Marion at just randomly or just, you know, ran, ran, ram into the car with, you know, with, with, what, what doesn't feel like much intent. So like at the end, so 
I agree, Matt. And I even said it to me when I was like, when me and James were watching, I was like, so honestly, what would have happened if you just let them go? Because you knew there, you knew who they were. You know what I'm saying? Like if, if they're saying, just let us go, we'll uh, uh, release the hostages at a later date time, you know, like they're, they're tired. I could imagine they, at some point they would just let them go and, Mm -hmm. and go to the hotel. But then you don't know because these guys are crazy. So it's like, do you really want to, um, I mean, you know, they're not showing they're not, they don't seem to be mentally sound, should I say, from everything that we see in this, right. this documentary. But it's like, do you take that chance of just letting them try to get away? And and even James said to me, he's like, the police could have let them get away, but clearly the media wasn't. And I was like, you're right. Yes. Right. Yes. This is where we we can bring in the role of the media. I will say that uh, the two the two girls that are in the car, the final car at the end, uh, one of whom Silka dies, a young eighteen year old girl. They were friends. Um, yeah. Enos, the other girl, says that um, Hans Jürgen had said to them, "When we get away, we are going to let you go." But I mean, whether that's whether that would have happened or not, we don't know. Mm-hmm. And there, the, I feel like, yes, like Matt, I'm not a police defender. I right. feel they were concerned always for the lives of the hostages, but right. that errors all along the way uh, were made and I have some information at the end which, I, which I'll give. It's kind of weird because I also want to praise the police for not doing too much. Again, I'm all over the right. fence on here because, right. because uh, I feel like if this was the American police, person mm-hmm. per se they would have gone in just as cowboy as them taking Marion, but i think it would have re- resulted in a lot more deaths on the bus itself you know what i'm saying so it's weird yeah. because because I'm, I'm i'm really thinking like this would not have escalated this far like they would the police gave them a lot of rope like they gave them 54 hours of rope and mm. we know for a fact that would not happen here. You know what no. I'm saying? Like <laughs> it wouldn't happen here. So I do want to give them their props for that restraint. But then again, on the other hand, I'm like, did you see how many times that um, Hans, specifically Hans, would go to the press and he would be sitting there with all those press people just like surrounding him? Like there are people behind him. Like when I'm watching this section of the of the the documentary where they had just taken over the bus and they're waiting to kind of get in contact with the police and they're going back with with Peter Meyer trying to relay their demands. Finally, some press are just like, come over here. Why couldn't the police have why were there no police that were hiding as press? You know what I'm saying? Like that's what I was really I was wondering about. Like, why didn't the police why don't we didn't see any like plain clothes for police officers i couldn't even tell who the police officers were because they I, there wasn't too many uniforms away right. out there but i just thought that the police could have they they had so much time to come up with a plan i think that's the point like we're all saying they had no plan and they they seem like they had so much time to Peter Myers, the the photojournalist who seems to have, you know, a, quite a strong relationship with Hans Jürgen, and he, in fact, offered his car for them to get away in, so therefore mm-hmm. it would be unmarked and, they, and untraceable, but the, the uh, police re- refused his car. So, yeah, I think the standing back in some ways was right. There was a disastrous lack of communication between the, you know, amongst the police and between the police and the criminals. Peter Meyer takes them a, uh, his, his car phone, which is fantastic to see all the old communication devices, mm-hmm. but the police have given him the wrong telephone number and right. the criminals are calling and you can hear 
Peter Meyer saying, why isn't a court shouting to the police? Why isn't someone picking up? Why isn't someone picking up? That's because mm-hmm. the police have given uh, him the wrong number to give to the criminals. And, you know, whether that was deliberate or not, we don't know. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Peter Meyer has. Some nerve just really putting himself right in the middle of that, of the situation. I'm like, you're, I feel like this would happen today in the sense that like we all consume so much true crime. That's like, I could solve this. I could do something about this or maybe not. Maybe we would know better now, but I just like, I think, and I don't remember if this was more the police. I, I do want to say, I'm, I think this was more of the police stating like, just don't, like, don't cover the story while they're at large. Yeah, don't do. do that. And mm-hmm. so that's the, if that worked out, this would have been a very different story, but people just blatantly ignored that. And I think that kind of leads us to talking about the role of media, of course, because they truly were the difference makers in this story and how this worked out. And no doubt about it. Yeah, so, so Peter Meyer, let's talk about him. We meet yeah. him when the bus has been taken. He's a very tall, blonde, uh, youngish uh, man, mm-hmm. and he goes with his camera to take photographs. We can see him uh, talking with Hans Jürgen, and then the, the rest of the press pack are calling out to him and saying, Peter, ask if we can have an interview, ask if we can have an interview. And this heart-stopping moment where Hans Jürgen and his gun walk over to the press pack and are essentially mobbed, surrounded by the press, mm-hmm. holding his gun very casually while they interview him and take his photograph. What's going on here? Yeah, this part was like very interesting because I just want to say at like the 10 minute mark into the documentary, we were like 30 hours into the hostage situation. I was like, yeah. wait, how are we <laughs> we could you go in knowing that's a if it's a 54 hour you know hostage crisis mm-hmm. so like we, we already get through the bank and all of that stuff and they're not at the bus and then we're like 10 minutes in i'm like where are they gonna where's the rest of this gonna come from and then he walks up to this press pool and i was like oh 
okay. <laughs> it was yeah. that part, I think, was the most sobering, the most kind of like, I think if if I'm the documentary filmmaker, this is the part that I see that makes me be like, okay, this is all going to be raw footage. You know what I'm saying? Because it was simultaneously very hard to watch while also being very compelling. And so you, it's just Hans in this press pool, press all around him, him talking about like, yeah, you know, we robbed the bank. They're asking, why'd you rob the bank? He's just like, you know, we wanted quick money. And like, do you plan on getting away? We either plan on getting away or we plan on dying. We have nothing to lose. Mm. And it was just very, very sobering. It was really weird too because I'm like they're treating this guy very nice I'm like this is I don't know if this this is given a perception of like it like they have manners but I'm like you're literally holding people at gunpoint and threatening their lives like this is it was really really weird but this is again where I was just kind of like where are the police and uh, like we said, most of this is through the media coverage, but we do get the police radio, um, like the their their radio communications at certain parts. We do get to see some of the police film. I don't know, know if you guys realize, but at the at either at the same time of uh, as the press scrum, it was it was at the time at like so. Hans is talking to the press. Um, they ask him like, "How are your hostages doing?" He's like, "They're doing okay. You want to come see?" And then all of the mm-hmm. press go to the the bus. The media get on the bus with him. Right. And there's a there's a shot where it's like zooming out, and you can see the press is getting on the bus, and it's zooming out, and it's zooming out, and it's like where the police cars are. Like it's zooming out to like I think this is the this was police footage, and the police were far away. They, they I think. They were saying like the police were like like five hundred meters away or something like that. Like the the police were just kind of like hands off, and I'm just like, I don't like I don't know if this was smart. It's it's one of those things. It's like were they were they too hands off on the moments that they should have been more proactive and too proactive at the moments they should have been hands off. I think that they. That's a great question, Mari. And the the thing that I'd say is like they they definitely could have been a lot more hands-on with the journalists and mm-hmm. you know I I could understand the journalists treating the hostage takers the way that they did because believe me if someone has a gun I will be their best friend you know I will be like acting like okay we're good like uh, don't worry about it do you need any coffee a bagel whatever it <laughs> takes like I understand and so it's it's surreal watching it because you see them acting very uh, interacting in a very cordial way with the hostage takers of um, yeah. the journalists that is. But I, I think that that was one of the big failings of the police, not stepping in to like, really enforce, in, enforce what they were saying to journalists. Like, don't get involved. Don't cover this story. We're telling you not to, because they could have potentially the police could have done enough to, get the journalists to lay off and leave the story alone. I don't know if they would have listened. I don't know what the punishment would have been, but I mean, you know how the police are here, at least in the U S context, like they would have figured out something if they wanted to do it, even if it wasn't legal. And so it is unfortunate that we don't see the shocker, shocker, shocker. (laughs) You know, even, even if we don't see like them 
doing i don't know i just i just want more of them like pushing the journalists like don't don't do like stop covering this we have a general plan in mind that does not involve you being within a foot of the hostages yeah right four hours yeah i mean let's talk about that moment where the press get on the bus and we have the extraordinary photographs the black and white press photos from the bus so you're a hostage you're sitting on the bus the bus Mm -hmm. hasn't gone anywhere yet this is when they've taken Mm -hmm. the bus hostage but we haven't actually gone anywhere right and the press come on take photographs and then get off what that must have felt like for those people is and here i want to shout out the old people uh, because those three yeah. elderly people, uh, two men and a woman, who were not a group, they just were three elderly people on the bus, they just got off. Mm-hmm. Oh, is that what happened? I watched yes. it a few times and I was like, oh, did they let them? They No, they just yeah. got off. <laughs> they just got off. Wow. One of, I, I thought one of them claimed uh, a man. He said he, he had, had a heart, heart issue. He had a heart issue. Yeah. But they apparently this is a little. I thought this was fantastic. A sort of a light moment in a rather dark saga was they just wow. decided we're, we're getting off. They won't. They won't shoot us, and we're going to get off. And they did. And the woman who got off, and she asked the journalists if she could go, and they went yes, and oh, off she went I across the square. I mean, it was yeah. extraordinary. Yeah, oh. yeah. And can can I just point out again this part when you rewatching it? knowing that uh, Silke ends up dying in the whole situation, it's really sad because mm-hmm. I, like even in the first time watching, your eyes are kind of immediately drawn to her because she's a, she was a very beautiful 18-year-old girl. And it I, I c- can't imagine she wasn't like some sort of a model, especially with like the, some of the pictures they showed of her, of her at the end. She, um, was a court, she was a court stenographer. Oh my God, so beautiful and wow! Of course, to not. I think that, I just, that just sucks. I think you that's know? why Dita Dita chose her because we have a lot of footage, particularly later on when she and her friend are in the car. Mm-hmm. Um, but even before that, even that extraordinary yes. interview that the journalists have with her, where yes. Dita's got the gun under in her throat, and right. I think that's maybe why Dita chose her because she was beautiful. Exactly. I mean, we do say yeah. that that you know this emphasis on how beautiful victims are can be a bit cloying but i think it was almost the point here because exactly he he chose her out of the other 27 people to be the sort of the 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 flagship hostage as it were yes and that's what and that's what i was saying on the second watch you can tell um i think they the theater thought that her if you're waving her around people will want to protect to save her but also in those pictures no matter where he was positioned in the bus, he was always staring at her. Like he was always like staring at her. His gun was always in pointed in her general direction. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Ooh, like, I was just like, I, I just felt like it was like some sort of obsession. And yeah. yes, that first interview that we get when the bus finally gets moving and they stop at the rest area um, where Emmanuel um, ends up dying. They do. He does give an interview. Dita, Peter gives that interview gun. The gun was always just pressed directly against her neck. It just truly every time I was just so like in a high state of anxiety. And she, I don't know if this is bad to say, but that first interview, she, she still looked, you know, she was still calm. She still looked like relatively in good shape and in high spirits because I, I think unfortunately because of what happened with the journalist and them, the journalist kind of like, humanizing the 
the captors, I don't think people again realize how dangerous they were. You know what I'm saying? Like, and you know, they ask yeah. her like, "How are you doing?" And she's just kind of like, "She's like, oh, you know, not too bad." And they're like, "Well, you, you know, you got a gun to your neck." And she, and I think he, the press even said, "Do you think he'll shoot you?" And she said, "No." Exactly. Yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong, Sarah. He didn't. From what I understand, Hans ended up killing her. Yeah. Yeah. That's, wow. That's by mistake. By, by mistake. Yeah. Uh, yes. Oh, by mistake. That's what they, okay. But, that's, but also, that's what they said, and I think that whole situation is a sketchy, sketchy one. Jumping ahead to who killed who exactly? Who? Mm-hmm. Just because there weren't journalists who saw that take place, it also looked like they had like some kind of smoke or something. I don't know if that was from the cars and the mm-hmm. like what happened, but it. Yeah, had, I just had, I'm um, skeptical. I'm skeptical. They had flashbangs. They had flashbangs. Uh, yeah, flash so we see the exactly. smoke from the flashbangs. Mm. Right. Well, let's actually let's go to the Netherlands. The Netherlands first. So mm-hmm. the bus the bus drives towards the Netherlands, and the reason that the footage that we have is from a distance is because they shut the border. They let the bus through, but they didn't. The, the Netherlands did not. They did not let the press through. And this is why Smart. we can hear them very, very frustrated, not being able to get close. And the police there say they won't negotiate with them. They won't give them a car unless they let everybody uh, off the bus. And that's the point where they let everybody off the bus except for Silka and um, her friend Enos, who they yeah. put into the Audi that's uh, provided, and then they drive back and this is very interesting because that that police force seems to have had a bit of a plan uh (laughs) right get 25 people released or at that point because the elderly people have dropped off you know 22 Mm -hmm. and uh they put them all on a bus and wish them well and send them back to germany yeah of all things first of all don't put those people back on a bus like, <laughs> it's like just not yeah no i just, it, it's sad it was sad the whole kind of the, how the whole thing unfolded but yeah the, like what i i wish i love the format that we had for just seeing the the footage in real time but there are so yeah. many questions it leaves us with like how are those people now are i'm sure many of them are still around of course and so like what do they think i almost we need the follow-up documentary that gives us those answers but Mm -hmm. i i appreciate that this was what it was because those questions are maddening like what what happened to any of them are they okay after dealing with all of this have they seen this documentary Question, I think that's a, that's a that's a feature and not a bug really of the yeah. of the documentary. I loved sometimes right. when when we're not given information it's frustrating, but with this right. because I wasn't frustrated. I was I was intrigued right. to go and and find out uh, and yeah. find out more. But yes, I'm with you Matt. Uh, where are they now would be very interesting a sort of after Gladbeck uh special. Yeah. Yeah, and I this Netherlands part again. I I started watching this uh, the first time like like late at night, so I I think I may have blinked and I missed it. I was like, wait, how did they end up in a car? Okay, cool, you know. And so uh, when I when I was able to rewatch, it, I was like, oh, I was like, okay, so somebody actually did their job. Gotcha. <laughs> like, how did they step foot in the Netherlands for like two seconds? And the Netherlands is like, okay, everybody off the bus. We we're gonna give you this remote control rigged car, which 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we know right. how that went prepared. out, but at least they had the, you know, they were prepared. They they gave them a car that they, that could be remotely stopped and they managed to get the, the, all of the hostages except for two off, which is again good because I don't know if that would have been the same outcome. And you never want to be like, oh, you know, this loss of life is acceptable because we don't have this, you know, big of loss of life, but it's just like it is a we have to commend the Netherlands for being able to actually make something happen, you know? Right. That was a part that I thought was very interesting. And it even even more interesting in the fact that we didn't get to see any of it really. We're yes. just kind of like so it's far because, away. Yeah. Because the police said to the right. journalist, the border's closed, you can't come in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you. And like maybe that's the way it should have been the whole time. Maybe this situation the would have been different if mm-hmm. they did more to and again, we only saw what we we saw, which is the beauty of this documentary, but also mm-hmm. the maddening piece where I, I kind of feel the need to reserve a little judgment, but they what did they do to stop the journalists from doing what they're doing? And you know, maybe they did. I, I will say this that if there was more that the police did to stop the journalists from covering the story or being as close to the story, being as close to the crime, really forget the story, um, being as close to the crime as they were, we would have seen more of that. We didn't see any footage of that captured and we didn't, you know, again, they were wondering where are the police Maybe they're here in plain clothes. Like they could have been a lot closer to the situation. I I, want to hit that point home. Yeah, yeah, we do see one enclosed policeman in the next set piece, which is in Cologne. So they've driven back into Germany. They've gone to Cologne and they found themselves in a sort of central pedestrian area. And here, not only the press pack is mobbing them, but the, let's say, sightseers. Yeah. This extraordinary picture of a car with three criminals with guns and the two hostages, mm-hmm. completely surrounded by people. People, yeah, packed to the brim. Like, this was wild. Again, it was like we're at hour 48 or something like that, and we have 30 minutes left. And I'm like, what is happening? And then they get here in Cologne, and it's another like very wild scene where it's just the press is so cold. Like the car is just mobbed. It's just, it's, I don't know. It's almost like if like Madonna was in the car or something, you know what I'm saying? Like the the press is so packed up against their car. They hand them coffee. Like we were saying, they gave them coffee and drinks and they're just sitting there. The the journalists are just, oh, what's your name? I'm Hans Jürgen. And I'm like, oh, so, you know, what's, what's the end game here? Like he was like, the three of us, we don't care if we live or die. It's these two, this two women here and then they go and they they talk to his girlfriend and she's like oh yeah they're doing okay they they were like the hostages don't look too good she's like yeah but it's okay as soon as we get away we'll let them go i mean i was just i was floored just the unfettered access and then again i'm like mm-hmm. where are the police get the police with fake cameras in their hands maybe we can stop this right here and there you know but i don't know and then it's hard to tell because, you know, Dieter, again, was in the back, basically on Silke's lap with the mm-hmm. with the gun directly underneath her throat. This time you can tell she is definitely rattled. She's exhausted. The journalists are making comments like, we don't know if she's doing too well. Would you want to exchange hostages? And they're like, no, we don't want to exchange hostages. You know? Oh. Yeah. Uh, even Marion says to 
to Dita, oh, you don't have to press the gun like into her throat like that. Right. Yeah. But it's, it's, I mean, we're drawing this conclusion, but I think there was some kind of, uh, he was definitely zeroed in on her right from the start. Mm-hmm. And that's particularly mm-hmm. plain when you go back and watch a second time. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But here we have the plainclothes policeman who comes up and says to Hans Jürgen, you know, do you remember me? Uh, we spoke before. This is something that we don't, right. as an audience, have knowledge of. But he doesn't seem to have a proposal. He keeps saying, do you want to negotiate now? What are your demands? Do you want to negotiate Oh, that was now? a police officer? I thought yeah. that was first again. Yeah, yeah, no, it was a plain wow. close police officer, and it's the only police officer that we see close to these um, these hostage takers. Uh, and Hans Jürgen, no longer interested. I mean, this is now 50 or so hours later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been drinking, they're pilled, they're wired, wide awake. And literally trapped, literally Mm -hmm. trapped. So I think that you can understand why their plan, just let us get away and we will let the women go. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's why they won't exchange hostages as well because they they can't think of a a change of plan. But they do get briefly another hostage, Udo Roebel, who is the editor of a Cologne newspaper. Tabloid. Right. Gets into the car to give them directions out of Cologne back onto the Autobahn. Mm-hmm. That, uh, that's unbelievable. It's Truly. just unbelievable. And you know what? I Look, I just want to take a step back a little bit. Maybe this, maybe I'll sound a little bit like Brooklyn Zed child. I love, I love Zed. <laughs> um, but, you know, like maybe the police didn't care about <laughs> saving these people's lives as much, or ending this as much as, you know, we would like to think. And, you know, there's, this idea of serve and protect. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I've, I've heard a lot of people talk about even that notion of like protect who serve what. And exactly, it doesn't seem like they beyond the officer that you just referenced to was trying to spark up some kind of negotiation again, as they were pulling out surrounded by the press. It just seems like with everything that we're talking about, that they didn't feel that motivated to do something there were a lot of options a lot of moments they could have snuck in and intercepted but you know we didn't get any of that and i could imagine the frustration of police to say the media are getting in the way like we asked them to not get in the way they're getting in the way they're not making it easy enough for us to do something and you kind of at some point i could imagine them throwing up their hands like what do we do because well, start arresting the journalists. Well, yeah, I mean, exactly. Exactly. No, not that I'm not that I'm pro arrests, but (laughs) but uh, yeah, exactly. Charge here. (laughs) Yeah, and I I just don't think it doesn't seem like they were that motivated to do to use their power in a way that actually would lead to this situation ending in a way that wasn't what it was. Clearly. Because back, back, back when they first took the bus, they said that they they would exchange the hostages for a getaway car that's untraceable and a lightly clothed police officer as a hostage. Yeah, Yeah, and handcuffs. Now, on my second watch, I realized they said also another pair of handcuffs because they want to take a hostage from the bus. So I was like, oh, no, were they always planning to take Silky? Yeah. But I'm like, if they were just saying the getaway car and a lightly clothed police officer, 
and we'll get rid of and we'll let go of all of these other people. Why did they not get a lightly dressed police officer? You know what I'm saying? Where's the guy from the, the first 10 minutes? He looked real nice. Like why the, can't they, the, orange, <laughs> the orange speedos? Yeah, the orange speedos. Yeah. You know, like because at least you're taking your you're getting the hostages out of harm's way, and you know it, it, there's a police officer there. So hopefully, you would hope that he'd be able to handle that situation better than than hostages. You know, but you they know. didn't want to put him in harm's way, which you know right. I I get it, but I also am like. This just goes back to, you know, for us over here on this side of the pond, the police are not required to protect or, and or serve you. They do not have to put their lives on the line to help you. It, it is. Yeah. They just found that, you yeah. know, they just ruled mm-hmm. that they don't have to put their lives on the line. And if we've seen anything from the last few weeks, they they are not required to step in when there's an actual threat or again for us. I oh, wonder if it's so more. Much. The lack of um, the lack of clear communication, the lack of a plan, the lack of a centralized, you know, command center. What we would expect from our experience watching television shows, you know, that there would be a command center, there would be a plan. There's, I, I wouldn't a, give them that much credit. Okay, like I, yeah. So I'm I, trying. Here's yeah. what I would say. Here's what I would say is that if you are, if you want to be a hero, if you sign up for a profession where you're like, I am here to save lives and to protect people. Which, like, I don't think that premise is true, but I do think that's mm. the perception that's often out there yes. about police. And there would be people who put themselves in harm's way to say, I'm willing to risk my life for this. Journalists did. There were journalists exactly. both, at the, both at the bus a situation. Peter Mayer said he would give himself up as a, a hostage. Udo hostage, says he yeah. will, he will mm-hmm. give himself up as a hostage if they let the girls go. So yeah, exactly. police aren't, but, but journalists are. The journalists are, are yeah. I, I think the journalists felt very sort of bulletproof in a weird way because Uh they're behind cameras, because they're behind a microphone making the interview. I think they felt protected in some weird way. I mean, they they weren't. We apprehend the danger watching it, but because Hans-Jürgen in particular had this almost devil-may-care attitude, certainly, at right. the, the bus situation before he turns very, very dark uh, towards the end. They felt secure and safe somehow, which is yeah. just so weird. I mean, they hadn't killed Emanuela at that point, but these are violent criminals who have been in jail uh, before. It's not coming out of nowhere. And yet they felt they felt like they could light cigarettes for them yeah. and get them to sit in their cars, cars and talk, yeah. talk on yeah. on the um on the, the car phone it, it was it was quite strange but yes it must be said that more than more than one journalist offered themselves as hostages right. for the story i'm sure yeah yeah uh, but the, like one two things on that one is i could imagine the safety in numbers just that idea that i mean <laughs> honestly the way like if I were in that situation, number one, I hope I would meet in that situation as a as someone covering a story of any sort. But if I were in that situation with all these people, it's like there are probably only so many like people that they would shoot or like it's dark. But I think there's also that thought, like, would they turn on me? Also, these are people who are used to covering stories, maybe not quite like this one, but they're used to getting close to the action without being without feeling like they're part of it. And 
And so actually, I think that this is this reminds me of something that I was thinking about along the way, which is I was a big fan of the the museum here in Washington, D.C., which mm-hmm. covered the news. It closed after about 10 years of being open, but um, really documented a lot of news history. And there's this famous image uh, that a journalist took of like a child in um, I want to say in like South Sudan, who was clearly malnourished and there was a vulture behind them. And the journalist took mm-hmm. a picture of this toddler and didn't help the toddler because of, I guess, journalistic ethics. Like we don't get involved in the story. We don't want to influence the story. And so this image famously like won a won prizes, mm-hmm. whatever Pulitzer Prize probably, but it won one of those awards. Um, obviously the journalist struggled with not getting involved and there's a whole lot more there, but there's an ongoing conversation in news and media of like, how much do we get involved in the story? And, you know, I think it kind of goes counter to what, uh, yeah. to a lot of those journalistic ethics, because we saw people get involved, but it does speak to how you st- to how how much they're used to getting close to the subjects of these stories and maybe mm-hmm. feeling bulletproof because nothing like it's it's a journalist you could interview a criminal or you could interview a survivor and it doesn't influence your own life i i think that had to be a factor too yeah i mean certainly I, when journalists do get killed mm-hmm. um throughout yeah. the world it's it, we we are all sh- the international community is shocked Shocking, because yeah. like like the Red Cross they're supposed to be a, a, a neutral bystander. I mean we saw yeah. this Murray with Kim Val when we covered yeah, exactly. um, uh, Undercurrent where she went into very dangerous situations and her fellow journalists were saying yes you do that you go to meet someone at a strange place you walk into a strange house you get right. into a strange car that's just what you do as a journalist. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, that guy was not like the producers of Survivor. He could have helped. I mean, like, right. after, he took, yeah, exactly. <laughs> after yes. he took the picture. Yeah, I but, think he figured yeah. that out. I mean, I know yeah. he figured that out much later, but like, that's the, it's sad that that has to be a conversation. And yeah, I mean, in that way, it is admirable that the journalists were trying to get involved, but most of them, like, we've indicated we're probably just wanting to get the story yeah yeah it's so this this documentary if 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 it's taught me nothing else it's just mm-hmm. very interesting the dynamics of police the, the police and the media working together and against each other and how intense both of them can be and what their what the level of intensity can Entail when we're when we have a situation like this, yeah. it was it was very interesting to see, and I think that the way they presented it perfectly encapsulated the problems with both policing and uh, journalist journalistic media. I, I I think it was a really good um, presentation of all of that because without I think without that raw footage type of presentation, there wouldn't be as nearly as many questions as we're we're all like talking about right now yeah yes yes hello it is ryan and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day couldn't we just to make up for things like sitting in traffic doing the dishes counting your steps you know all the mundane stuff that is why i'm such a big fan of chumba casino chumba casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's a big week when RHAP is on the road in Chicago. Check out my live show from Chicago. That's going to be up on Thursday, Wednesday night. Shannon Gus is going to be live with you with Kelly Wentworth after Survivor. And we preview the Dondi finale with Dealer No Deal Island host Joe Manganiello. All right here on RHAP. We know reality TV. So uh, I've got some updates to the crime. The two hostage takers, um, Hans Jürgen and Dieter, they both received life sentences. Dieter was released on conditional parole in 2018 after serving 30 years. Uh, He's changed his name. Hans Jürgen is being held on Sisharunsverwacherung, which means preventative detention. German speakers, please forgive me. I gave it a good go. This is called preventative detention. So he's finished his sentence, but he is unlikely to ever be freed because it is thought that he will reoffend. Reoffend. Oh, uh, yeah. What do we think about that? I'm not sure. Um, I, uh, I know. I, yeah. I, I, I never thought a documentary would make me halfway defend the police and then halfway right. be like, lock them up. Like, it's like yes, wild. Yes. <laughs> yeah. um, Marion received nine years uh, and she was released on good behaviour after six years. And in November 1988, the Minister of the Interior of Bremen, uh, Bernd Meyer, resigned over mistakes by the police. So I think there was a lot yeah. more behind the scenes that that we didn't that we didn't get. get. Mm. Mm-hmm. One of the things that we didn't get is Murray mentioned that the Audi that the uh, Netherlands police gave them in exchange for most of the hostages and the bus had a remote control on the car engine that would that you could stop the car remotely, but the police officers are pursuing them down the autobahn did not take the remote control device with them. Yeah. You need to be close to the car to mm-hmm. the remote to work. That's right. Or have the remote. Apparently. Yeah. Well, they did not. Yeah. <laughs> they had it, but it was, it was, uh, you know, uh, too far away. Um, okay. The, the, the close pursuers were not, were not uh, given it. And uh, as for further properties, I can thoroughly recommend the excellent Australian podcast, Case File. Uh, this mm. was recommended by past and future guest Jess Lees when she was on. Uh, in general, and he covered the crisis in episode 171 called the Gladbeck Hostage Crisis, and that's from the 10th of April 2021. So if you are intrigued by what we've said, if you've watched the documentary and uh, would like more information, it's a very good rundown of the case with lots and lots more information for you. Great. Mm. So let's go to our ratings. Uh, Matt, how many magnifying glasses are you going to rate Gladbeck out of a possible five? Five being oh the best. Gosh. Oh my gosh! You know what? I, I four. Can I give a half? Four and a half. Yeah. Four and a half. Yeah. Four and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just cut the handle yeah. off. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I was going to actually just cut it down the middle, and so, Ooh. so you could still. Yeah. It's uh, that's why I was thinking. Like a bicycle anyway, at that point. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you could just put it over your eye, maybe. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, like it's not even that's well done. That's not fair to describe it as well done. The concept and the approach to it is somewhat sophisticated in today's landscape of documentaries when they have a very very set format like i think of for instance to contrast this with bad vegan 
Um, <laughs> there was a lot, there were a lot of games that they played with us along the way. I'm getting heated thinking about it where I'm like, <laughs> you knew a thing and you made us think a thing. You made us think that someone was real when yep. you just wanted to twist our minds and get us confused. <laughs> and then I think that I know what I'm talking about. So you could tell how heated I am, but yep. like, you, you think, you know, what's going on. And then they pull out, they pull out the rug it's from under rug. you mm-hmm. purposely. They, that didn't happen here. They just gave you kind of what it was. And it's, you know, even going back to the quote unquote spoiler of the description, it was not a spoiler at all. And there was no predicting where this would go. And I'm also just glad that I didn't personally know this story in any way because it really, it's such a cliche. Blah, 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 blah. But I, ha- I was at the edge of my seat the entire time. And, and, but truly, and um, you don't get that a lot in a lot of properties because you kind of just know what's going to happen. The husband did it. Yeah, right. Uh, right. <laughs> but, and that's <laughs> spoiler for a lot of documentaries. So I'm sorry. Yeah. I think you just spoiled 95% of true crime. <laughs> yeah, basically. So this was, um, this was interesting. And there's a lot of conversation, obviously, where the, it, it's all shades of gray. Like there's no hero in the white hat or, villain in the black hat it's all shades of gray and we could go in circles really talking about who was right who was wrong when in reality life isn't that simple it's a lot more complicated and i think that the that the dynamic nature of these stories is what or of this story is what makes it so interesting right so four and a half from you mario what about you um Again, I wish somebody, please, listener, Sarah, somebody give me a list of everything that we rated things because I want to like no. kind of compare. No, but, like <laughs> not letting you off the hook. Matt, Matt. No, don't it's let a, me it's off the a, hook. It's a rating, not a ranking. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think I'm I'm a little I think I'm torn between a 3.5 and a four. I think oh. I'm gonna give it a four. I think I'm actually gonna give it a four because I think the raw footage of it all does enough for me that I really liked it. Yeah. I really liked it the second time around. The only thing I would kind of dock it for is the dubbing and stuff. That's still like I don't I didn't like that at all. And I think that the the story was told well, even though like it's like it's kind of funny. Like I I give it a point for the the raw footage because I love the feeling of it. I felt like it felt like we were there. Like it truly did feel like you were, it was happening in front of you. But then I have to take the, like the point off because there's a lot of stuff that we didn't, we didn't know just because we were forced to view it through one kind of scope. So there's a lot of stuff we didn't know and we had to do the side Googling for it. Mm -hmm. So at both an up and, you know, upside and a downside to that, but and I thought it was really informative. I didn't think it was, I, I was afraid that it was going to be very dry and kind of boring, but it wasn't boring at all. It truly, like Matt said, I was my, I was so scared like the whole time when you don't know what's going to happen. I was convinced we were going to see somebody die on camera. I truly was. And I was right. like, Oh, please, please don't let them have me watching somebody die on camera. And like I said, the, the, the closest thing it came to was watching it the second time, knowing what happens to Silke it that does it does it did make me feel like worse I the, I don't like just like we don't like hearing 911 calls I don't like seeing people like moments before they die like ugh. but yeah. um 
I say all that as like somebody who's like very deep into true crime, but it's just, it just makes you, it just makes you feel sort all sorts of feelings. But all that being said, I thought it was a really good property. I was, I I don't know why I'm shocked. I I, I don't think I'm shocked. Sarah was been trying to get us to do this for forever now. And I was like, yeah, we'll keep, we'll do it. We keep, you know, pushing it back, but it, it was good. And if you, if you, can't deal with the one inch barrier which i don't really think it was a barrier in this property the dubbing is fine i guess if you're it's fine it wasn't for me but it's fine so yeah i'll give it a four (laughs) i'm going to give it a five yay okay i can find nothing to nothing to knock this uh, documentary for i was gripped from beginning to end the information that i wasn't given was not available in the manner in which the story was being told, and right. I didn't need it. It's very the, the outside sure. information is very interesting, but I didn't need it for the story. The visuals mm-hmm. alone right. uh, were so strong, and mm-hmm. that's why I do recommend um, uh, watching it with subtitles uh, uh, in the original German language. And yeah. the rising dread, the crafting of the story while it appearing to just unfold as it did i think is superb and i think it's literally it's one of the best things that we've watched uh in all our episodes i am all in on gladbeck i'm giving it a five Mm. yeah i agree i like that and then they did have a little i we didn't talk about it but i thought it was very interesting that whenever there was a part that i guess they didn't have the footage for or they kind of wanted to right uh you know not show it would they do the little like uh, like make it look like they like something happened like oh the camera dropped did the oh it's it's staticky oh now we come back to back to the footage you know they did that went right when emmanuel got shot they did it right at the takedown the part of the takedown you know they did it when they were crossing into the netherlands it was I i thought it was a pretty interesting way to you know, set up the, like, to keep the tension going, because it kind of felt like, oh my god, what's going to happen now? Like, it felt like almost going to a commercial break without going to a commercial break. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was like, it was a good way to, like, kind of keep the tension going, but then also, if there's something you didn't want to show, like, or if, you know, um, if it was something that you didn't have the footage for, it still kept it going along. Yeah, mm-hmm. and given uh, last week's <laughs> property, Mari, the relief mm-hmm. of watching something chronological was, oh, was palpable. Yes, <laughs> very true. Very, um, very. This is very digestible. Very easy to digest. It was very mm-hmm. good. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it will leave you thinking and with some tough questions. And I think that's part of my five is the mm-hmm. effect that that the, that the property had on me. And on the rewatch, I had all the same thoughts and 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 feelings as well there was no yep. diminishing return uh, exactly. on the yeah. second watch so matt do you have anything to recommend uh, to our listeners a book a podcast a film i do i do i do mm. um it's not traditionally true crime but uh we talked about scams a little bit or you mentioned scams a little bit mm-hmm. as we were coming into here i am a big fan of learning about scams one because the people are out here trying to scam me left and right i got like uh, a text yeah. the other day that was like your venmo is not working click this link and then it's like try it wanted me to Ooh. to like give them my info they wouldn't have gotten a lot of money out of me yeah. but um that's all but you know what they tried and you know there are a lot of those text scams and other things coming up i want to recommend though for those who want something that's fun lighthearted i'm a big fan of 
the scam goddess uh Mosley. Yes. i listened i've listened to like every single episode i've listened to all the premium mm-hmm. episodes that she has uh at diva lacy on social mm-hmm. media she has yeah. a great theme song um Amazing. and the, the episodes of that podcast come out every tuesday so yes scam goddess is great because they do touch on a lot of crime you know sometimes it's there's a warning like this one gets dark this one deals with xyz you know triggering topic and so that happens but mostly it's it's fun and light and funny and it's nice to have that perspective into crime because you still learn and take away a lot of the things without the same trauma attached to it so i'm mm-hmm. i'm i'd recommend scam goddess first and foremost wonderful uh yeah. mari what do you have for us today Okay, so I am going to recommend it is on our list, so we might cover it in the future. But um, My Daughter's Killer on Netflix, I watched, I, I started watching a little bit of it. I love where it's going, plan on finishing it. But uh, it's another foreign language documentary. I think it's in French, I want to say. Yeah, it's in French. And it's about a father who um, fights for decades to bring his daughter's killer to justice in France and Germany. And then he ends up taking it to extreme measures. So oh who knows? Uh, me and Sarah will oh. talk about it. But uh, so far, I, I think it's very, very interesting. But fair warning, it is a little dry. It is a little dry. It, it is like the story itself is just told straight to camera. Lots of talking heads you know small small slight reenactments but uh i i i think i like i think the story is interesting enough to hold the attention even if there's no like bells and whistles to the presentation yeah that's on our list i'm interested uh, to watch that anyway and we can discuss whether we whether we cover it well as you know yes i love cons and heists so i also Ooh. have a con to recommend. It's a podcast called Queen of the Con from iHeart Podcasts. Series one dropped late last year and it's absolutely terrific. And then I was very pleased to see that series two uh, dropped in May. I haven't had a chance to watch that yet, but I'm looking forward to diving in. And as always, we'll put all these recommendations in the show notes. At Crime Scene, we're eager to hear your feedback and suggestions for future episodes. You can follow Crime Scene on Twitter at Crime Scene RHAP, that's scene S E E N, or email us at Crime Scene RHAP at gmail.com. And of course, we love your five star reviews. Uh, of course, five stars only. Five stars uh, only. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> here's, one, here's one from SR5222010111. What a name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Titled, uh, Highly Recommend. Uh, it goes, I love true crime, documentaries, and RHAP. Mari and Sarah do a great job bringing thoughtful insight to a wide range of topics. I absolutely love the recommendations at the end. Oh, thanks, SR5222010111. (laughs) (laughs) So, Matt, what do you have going on and where can the people find you? Oh, my gosh. Where where can the people find me? That's a good question. I don't know. Um, I will say you could always always find me on the wrestling wrap up with the one and only Mari Forth. Uh, and you know, we do the pro wrestling podcast thing. As I've said before, pro wrestling is crime in real time. Ooh, wait, wait, what? Trademark that. Trademark mm. that. that. Crime in real time. There, I'm telling you. It's what so. If, <laughs> what about wrestling is a crime in real time? 
Uh, Vince McMahon. <laughs> They're going anyway, with it. So, uh, yes, we mm-hmm. are watching the crimes of pro wrestling in real time, um, or just covering pro wrestling in general. A lot of fun along the way. And so you can check that out, the wrestling rap of Rob, his website.com slash wrestling feed. You could find me on Pod Friends interviewing people. It's funny. I've interviewed you, Mari, and you, Sarah, for Pod Friends. So if you want to know more about Mari and Sarah, you can check out Pod Friends at robhaswebsite.com slash Pod Friends feed. And then um, the other big thing I'd mention is that I'm on Survivor Philadelphia season two, which is a fun fan-made version of Survivor for those who miss Survivor on CBS each and every week. So tune in. It's it's going to be a fun season and you could find more about that and follow me for anything else I'm up to at Matt Scott GW on the social media. And there's just hit the link in bio and you'll find all the places where you can find me. And, and did you recently play a game? I did. I look, I'm always playing games as Mari knows, <laughs> yeah. um, but I was part of Robin Akiva Nita podcast pretty recently. You could check that out. It's the dual intentions episode with the number 10 where we were competing and no spoilers, but I will say that RHAP's own Chappelle is my enemy. Yeah. And uh, look, I'm just saying there might be a crime scene episode about me and Chappelle because he's coming oh, no. for me. He's coming for me. I need to get my revenge. You might cover it in the future. So we'll see. I love Chappelle. Um, But it was also a wonderful episode of Renap all over the place, but maybe one of the best of all time. Not because of me, but uh, because of the other 10 podcasters who are part of it. So check that out. You can find that on Rob Has a Podcast. Yes. Uh, And Mari, what about you? Where can the people find you? Well, uh, Matt took my wrestling plug. So uh, mm-hmm. other than um, hopefully you're already subscribed, robhaswebsite.com slash wrestling feed to hear mm-hmm. more of me and Matt every week here with you, Sarah. But also it is Big Brother 24 season. So mm-hmm. you can catch me on RHAP doing the recaps, the live feed updates, all that good stuff. So to make sure you catch when I'm on, just go and follow me on Twitter at Mari Talks Too Much two like the number two um to know when i will be on so you can catch me talk about all the shenanigans going on in this very very interesting big brother uh house this season uh what about you sarah well you can follow me on twitter at sarah carradine uh it was a pleasure and a terror to appear <laughs> on matt's show pod friends uh but it's done and it's out and uh i'm getting um some very I must say very thoughtful, nice messages from people. So, so you know, I've climbed down. It's negative. I'm like, no, 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 not at all. All, all positive. If you have negative thoughts about it, please don't send them to me. I'm, I don't want to hear. And Same. do check check out Inside Job on the Crime Feed. Uh, our latest episode, as Murray said at the top, is The Jury, uh, where I spoke to jurors about their experiences. And next week on Crime Scene, we're taking a break. Uh-huh. When we return uh, on August the 9th, we will have with us the podfather, Rob Sestanino, the head of this Ooh. network, the Rob of Rob has a podcast. Uh-huh. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Uh, we will let you know what the property is that we'll be covering so that you can get in your comments and questions. 
Yes, so no main episode next week, but you'll get uh, to hear a lot of fascinating people on the episode of Inside Job, uh, the crime scene investigator. Uh, this will be exclusive to the crime feed, so make sure you are um, you are subscribed to us at robhasawebsite.com slash crime feed so that you can hear our like kind of like our off-season bonus episodes. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks to Matt for joining us. To oh. Will from America for the theme music. Tricky Rice for the graphics and Scott St. Pierre behind the scenes. Until next time, case Case closed. closed. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.